0: You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. This week I was reading an article I found very interesting, and uh, you'll be surprised. It listed the top ten countries in this certain field, and they surveyed over 17 different countries. And uh, I have sad news for you. Guess what? Canada did not make the top ten and we'd like to make the top 10 in this certain field or category. And what they surveyed was they tried to find the country where the people had the most fun. And uh, you find this interesting. Canadians said, on average, they have fun 9.9 days of the month. I don't know how they measured it, but they found out that we only have fun 9.9 days of the month. And the bottom of the list were the Poles. I don't know if you're Polish today. I won't ask for a show of hands. But the Poles only had fun six days of a month. I'm not sure what they're doing there, but they didn't have a lot of fun. The number one country was Argentina. Anybody from Argentina here this morning? Any Argentinians? We had some in the earlier service. Okay. The, we did. Okay, great. Second country was Mexico. Anybody from Mexico here this morning? Mexican, You guys were number two in the world for having fun and uh, they said, you know what? What, What's needed is we need to have more uh, holidays to celebrate and have fun as families. And so, guess what? Tomorrow is family day. So, have fun tomorrow, all right? Yeah, let's just get out and celebrate family day tomorrow. Wear your little uh, name tag and introduce yourself to some others and have fun tomorrow. Plan something and I think it's great that we have a family day in the province, and so let's get out, have fun, and change the stats that Canadians like to have fun. Amen. Also, uh, happy New Year's to all our Chinese friends this morning. Yeah, give them a hand. Celebrate that culture. I tried to say happy New Year's yesterday in Mandarin. I will not try it again. It, Dong Hoi Fa Cho, Yeah, that's about as good as I can do it. But Happy New Year. I love that culture. I, I love all the cultures. We're a church of great diversity. On any weekend there's probably 70 different nationalities and ethnic groups in the church and so we celebrate them and and you guys have some neat things. I like firecrackers. Those are cool. I like the I like what you do for singles, the little red envelopes and so there's lots of great things in that uh, celebration. And, of course, we have another celebration happening this week, Valentine's Day. We'll tell you more about some events and the announcements on that. So, if you have your notes, let's go there. We're going to be talking about this morning how God is so devoted to us. The idea for the month of February is this. The whole year, of course, is devotion. And as we're going through the year, this month, we're trying to discover, refresh, learn again that God is extremely devoted to us, not just committed. There's a difference between committed and devoted. You can be committed to your job. I show up, I do my job, I get a paycheck. I show up, I do my job, get a paycheck, but I really don't enjoy it that much. Whereas if you're devoted to your job, means I'm loyal, I'm enthusiastic about it, I can't wait to be there, I love it, I'm excited. That's devotion, and God is devoted to us, not just committed, he's devoted to us, And when we reflect on how devoted he is to us, we reciprocate that. We want to be devoted to God. Now, in that, we learned today that we're loved. Last week, we learned about that we're not forgotten. If you missed that, you can go get that on the podcast. But today, we're going to be talking about I am loved. Our key text is Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. So, Doing something a little bit different every once in a while here this year, we're standing for the reading of God's Word. So would you stand with me this morning, and you have it in your handouts, the text, so we're all reading out the same translation, and we want to read this out loud together, honoring God, honoring His Word. So Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 21, let's read this together. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right. You can be seated. Thanks for reading that with us this morning. Uh, You probably picked it up, but you read a prayer. That's why there's amen at the end. Paul is praying here for this church. And he prays a lot of things, but I think this prayer is really, really important because it's praying or a core revelation for this church. I think we need to pray this same prayer for our church and for friends. And actually, you can take Paul's prayer and pray it for others. And I'll show you as we go along why this prayer is so important. The prayer is a prayer that we'd have a revelation that this love of God has been bestowed on us. I want to talk a bit about the word bestowed or granted. It's not just given to you, this revelation, but it's bestowed on you. And bestowed on you, given to you, just means that you can't get it on your own. As we read in this little prayer here, that the love of God is beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our understanding. And so, it's given to us. It's bestowed to us. It's, you remember Buzz Lightyear, Toy Story? To infinity and beyond. Remember that? This is to infinity and beyond because it's beyond our understanding. It's beyond our comprehension. And so he bestows it to us. He he grants it to us. He grants us a revelation of his incredible love for us. Bestow, grant. There's honor involved with that. If the premier says, you know, I'm going to bestow an office on you. Then That's given to you. There's honor involved. And so God bestows, he grants you this revelation of his love. As we go along, you'll see just how important it is. When you bestow something, it's really dependent upon what you have to be able to bestow it. It says here it's bestowed according to the riches in Christ. Royal Bank of Canada is the biggest bank we have. And I think it has assets of something like 800 and some billion dollars. So they can grant, they could bestow something based upon what they have. Deutsche Bank, the biggest bank in the world. But even they have limitations of what they could bestow. There is no limitation to the riches of his glory. And Paul makes it clear it's being bestowed to you, but according to his riches. So this, what's coming to you, there's incredible resources to bestow to every living being, every person, can have a revelation of how much God loves him. And I really think, as God says, I wish that none would perish. God really wants every person to have this revelation of how much he loves them. The revelation, uh, we find, gives us strength on the inside because it says that you would have this revelation on the inner man. What's that? What's the inner man or the inner woman? What is he talking about? That's the real you. That's the spirit of you. You catch it first in your spirit, in your heart, and then your head catches it later. But it comes to your heart. It's spiritually given, so it's spiritually received. And the Holy Spirit gives you this revelation of his incredible love for us. Sometimes we focus maybe on the wrong thing. It's interesting what Paul prayed for. He could have prayed for a lot of things. He could have prayed for to the church in Ephesus, I pray that you... Uh, quit your addictions. I pray that you would be more loving. I pray that you would serve better. I pray that you would be kinder. I pray that you would be forgiving. I pray you'd stop looking at pornography. I pray that you would stop your gambling. But he's praying a core prayer. The core prayer is this. I pray that you'd have a revelation of how much God loves you. Now, this may sound profoundly simple, but it's the core truth. When the revelation hits us of how much God really loves us, that other stuff falls off. Because those other things are a symptom of not knowing the depth of God's love for us. Because when we know how much he loved us, we love him. T.L. Osborne was a great, well, he still is. He's still with us today. He's a great uh, evangelist and he spoke all over the world and to large crowds and small crowds and and he was a great speaker when it came to the topic of God's love and he made a statement he said God is love God loves me I love God I love me God is love God loves me I love God I love me. That's, that's the gospel boiled down. That's distilled. This is a revelation God is loved. So, Paul, when he's praying for them, he's not praying for all these other issues. He's praying for this core issue because he knows if they get this, the rest will come. We're living in a world where we're hungry to be loved, where we want to be loved, we want to understand it. Paul goes on to say that love is a soil for our faith to grow. That he says, I pray you be rooted and grounded in love. The, the soil is the nutrients for the seed to grow. Have you ever taken an experiment? You take a seed, you plant it in the soil, and you watch it all of a sudden, it's almost magical. Out of this little seed, all of a sudden you see uh, you know, part of the, how does it do it? Some goes down as roots, sprout comes up, and out of the soil comes a plant. And that plant didn't grow until it was put in the soil. But when it was put in the soil, life came. And what Paul is saying here is, may you be rooted and grounded in love. Faith is a powerful, powerful force, but faith doesn't work without love. The other place, Paul said, faith works by love. Faith operates by love. Faith is energized by love. Or faith is activated by love. Paul also says I can have faith. Big faith, faith through mountains, but if I have love, I have nothing. Faith is the key. The just shall live by faith. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, it says, by faith, Moses, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, David, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. But faith doesn't work unless it's rooted and grounded in love. And most of the stuff in our life gets changed as we trust God and believe things to change, right? Whether it be for my finances to change, whether it be for this addiction to fall off, my relationships to change, we're believing. But So Paul knows that if they don't get this revelation of love, the faith won't work and the other things won't change. So his prayer is, oh, I pray that you be rooted and grounded in love. That because if, that is, if you're rooted in that, this revelation, then your faith will be activated. Your faith will be switched on. This gem, this seed of faith will sprout and grow and there'll be changes in your life. Paul was believing for this so there'll be changes in their life. Faith is powerful. When I worked in the oil industry, we'd go to different leases where we were drilling or doing stuff and we, we had D8 cats or D9 cats on there and we could move a lot of mountain. One time, we were working up in northern BC in the Sakanka field and uh, one of our guys... He had too much to drink, and he decided to go for a little ride in the cat. I don't recommend it, and I was just watching, trying to get him off the cat, but he got on this cat, and he took it for a little drive. And it's a big D9 cat, and he was going through trees like they were, it was grass, ching, 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 he just, he blazed a trail, got in a lot of trouble for it, but he took this D9 cat out for a ride, and he moved a lot of mountain with it. The huge power, but that cat wouldn't move if it wasn't energized and operated by a fuel. And the fuel that we run off of is love. We're not designed to run off of bitterness, jealousy, and envy, and all that kind of stuff. We're designed to run off of love. He said, be rooted and grounded in love because that activates the great power that's within you. Remember our verse we memorized, Ephesians 3.20. It's in this text. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all you can ask or think, what? According to the power, the power that's in you. But folks, there ain't no power if we're not rooted and grounded in love. Love is the key. So Paul, praying for this church, he's saying, I pray that you be rooted and grounded in this love. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables us To comprehend, understand. Again, love is to infinity and beyond. Let me ask you a question this morning. When did God start loving? When did God start loving you? When would God stop loving you? Well, the answer is never. He never started loving because he is love. He always has loved. See, you can't comprehend that. We can't comprehend infinity. We can't comprehend those things. But God is love. Before he created, there was love. Before there was the planets, there was love. Before there was you, there was love. Before you were thought of, there was love. Did God love you before you came? Yeah, I I don't understand it. That's why it says, I pray that you can comprehend it because this is a spiritual revelation that God is love and he loves you with this enormous, undescribable love. And if we're not rooted in that, faith doesn't work. Now, why is it so important? Because the just live by faith, and you have an enemy. His name is Satan. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And his number one objective is to get you to stop trusting God. He's after your faith, which is more precious than gold. The most precious thing you have is not your car. It's not your shoes. It's not your diamond ring from Tiffany's, and it's not your bank account. The most precious thing you have is your faith, and that's what he's after. He wants you to get to the place, oh, you know what? God doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. It's over. I'm just going to abandon it. That's where he wants to get you. And so Paul's said, I pray that this revelation of love, you'd be rooted and grounded in that. Because if we feel like somebody doesn't really love us, what do we do? We distance ourselves from them. We we defriend them off Facebook. We, we don't like their comments. We, we let them know. We keep our distance because you don't love me and I don't trust you. It's the same thing with God. If we don't know that He loves us in the good and the bad, what's going through in life, we will distance ourselves from Him. And that's exactly where the enemy wants it. So, no wonder Paul's praying, I pray you are rooted and grounded in love, that no matter what happens in life, know that you know that you know that God loves you. So, it's really important that we catch this revelation, that we comprehend it. And it's a, again, it's a spiritual revelation, not based on our performance. not based on our performance. We live in a world where we're typically loved based on our performance. We look to earn somebody's love. All right, listen to an interview by Piers Morgan, and he was interviewing Howard Stern, the shock rocker. That was an interesting interview. You you can Google it and watch it on YouTube. And you have these two strong personalities. And they're talking at one point about family and, and fathers, And and Howard said something really, really interesting. He said, I just wanted my father to hear me. I just wanted, I'm paraphrasing now, I just wanted dad to listen to me. And we've all been there. "Just, Just listen to me, dad. That was the cry of this. Howard And the article went on to say, at one point in the interview, Morgan said he had read that Stern had watched his father praise people that he really respected. That Howard had grown up craving that praise from his father. Morgan commented that Stern seemed to be driven by the need to please his parents. How often does your father say to you, great show, Howard, Pierce asked. Rarely, replied Stern. He said to me some years ago, and it really moved me, he said. You're a genius, and I was rocked. Because I never thought I'd hear those words. I didn't think I was ever going to earn the respect from my father's eyes. What had you done to earn it, do you think, Pierce probed? I think it was after my movie, Stern replied. It was after many accomplishments. I think in many ways with my career, I was searching for that approval from my father. And it's very empty search, actually. Because when you get it, it's almost too late. It's like, ooh, you mean this was what this was all about? This was what it was all for? So even in searching for his dad's approval, and when he got it, he goes like, is that what this was about? Father's approval is needed. We need it in our lives. But the big rock, the most important thing, and this is why Paul's praying for it, is that you have a revelation of God's love for you. And it is not performance-driven. How much will God love you tomorrow as much as he loves you today? Could you do anything to earn more of God's love? No. Could you stop doing something so God would love you more? No. God's love for you is infinite. No wonder Paul prays. Because our mind goes tilt, tilt. Remember the old pinball machines? Tilt, 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 and it stopped working. No, you guys are playing Game Boy or something. <laughs> we used to play pinball machines. And if you slapped it too hard, it would go tilt, tilt. And sometimes our brain goes tilt, tilt when we think about God's incredible love for us. It's beyond our comprehension. It's a spiritual revelation. So Paul's praying, I pray your spirit gets us, his great love for you. Now go back into your verses there and look at verse number in your handout. Let's go back to verse number 18. And here it says, he's talking about being rooted in ground and grounded in love so you'd be able to comprehend, understand, With all the saints, other people are understanding, all the saints. Now watch this closely. What is the width? So this would be the width of this podium. What is the length? Let's say this is the length of the podium. What is the depth? Let's say that's the depth of the podium. But then it adds one more. What is the height? Did Paul make a mistake? No, he's not making a mistake. It's the fourth dimension. Love is the fourth dimension. Love is able stay with me for a bit Um, every miracle is connected to the love of God because for a miracle to take place it needs a mixture of faith and love and then it intersects our little three dimensional world and something supernatural happens how does God come into our life always through love and when you reach out and receive his love put trust in him he's able to enter in our dimension and make a change. It's this dimension of love. All through the scriptures, all through the stories, you'll find that with every miracle that God does, it's connected, it's rooted in love. The miracle working power of God is rooted in love. It's a fourth dimension. How does God intersect time and space to bring about a miraculous change? Through love. Yeah. It's so simple But it's so powerful, it's not head-related. Remember, this is heart-related. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Paul's praying, in your heart, in your inner being, get this revelation. Get this revelation. God has an incredible love for you that will never end. Yeah. Give him praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Love is the primary ingredient of our lives. It's supposed to be the big ingredient in our life. 1 John 4.10 says, this is real love. Now, I don't know about you, but that got my attention. This is real love. Because we live in a world that's trying to find out what real love is, Right? Has, oh, I love my cat. I love my dog. I love my shoes. I love my wife. I love, we, we, gotta, we love everything, but so we have one word in English for love. The Greeks had different words, three words, but we have the word love. And here John comes along and says, this is real love. Let me nail it down for you. There's an interesting study that was done they went to washington dc copyright office and you know that there are ten thousand songs recorded there the title is love is so obviously people are writing about love they're trying to find out what love is let me read just a few of them for you i'll go through the through the timeline 1905 love is dizziness 1912 love is the Shugi shoe i have no idea what shuggy shoe is I don't think there's anybody old enough here to tell me what it is either. 1912. 1919, love is a babe. All right. 1925, love is an IOU. 1938, love is here to stay. 1943, love is a dimply doodle bug. I have no idea what that means. Uh, 1947, love is your prescription. 1950, this will fit. Love is atomic. 1956, love is strange. Fifty-seven, or 1967, love is all around. As we go through the 60s, listen to this progression. 1968, love is psychedelic. 1969, love is groovy. (laughs) Now, some of you have actually lived in that era. So, 1973, love is a heavy number. 1975, love is the drug. And then in 1976, love is a funky thing. Number... He's so goofy. Anyhow, 1988, love is a loaded gun. 1983, love is a battlefield. Number last, 1991, love is blindness. So all these, what is love? Love is. And then John comes on, no, this is real love. Let me clarify you. This is real love. By the way, it's also our memory verse for this week. Love is. Okay, there it is. This is real love. It's not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The greatest, you know, sometimes you put a a picture, an exhibition, and you show that picture, or a musician will have a a release of an album, and they're they're showing it. The greatest show of love was when Christ sacrificed his life for us. In history, that is real love. By reading this, it sounds like He first loved us. It sounds like real love is a choice and I love before I'm even loved. This is real love. It's different than lust. The world operates by lust. Love is of God. Lust is of the world. Love can wait. Lust must have it now. Love is selfless. Lust is selfish. Love is giving. Lust is taking. Love is freedom. Lust is bondage. Love is moral, lust is immoral, love is peaceful, lust is anxious, love develops, lust destroys. There's a difference. Hmm. Love needs to be the main ingredient in our lives. I picked up some juice the other day, and it's raspberry juice. Not just any kind of raspberry juice, folks. This is wild raspberry juice. And again, wild raspberry juice, 100% juice, no sugar added, beautiful, bright red raspberries on the front. So I don't know about you guys, but I like to read the ingredients to what's inside something. So when I would read this label, guess what I'm expecting to be the main ingredient? Wild raspberries, right? But I read the ingredients. All right. Apple and or grape and or pear juices from concentrate, filtered water, more apple and pear juices and apple juice. And then down the list, they, they have to, by law, put it in order by weight. At, near the bottom is raspberry juice from concentrate. Nothing but wild raspberries, just raspberry juice. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is just a decoy. <laughs> what you said to me isn't what I'm getting. Now, my question is what if we had an ingredient label stuck on our back? What would it say? What are our ingredients? They shall know we are Christians by our love. What should be the main ingredient in our life? Love. Oh, I'm a Christian. Label, label, label. Fine print. A blend of juices from concentrate, very fine print with natural flavor, citric acid, a lot of other stuff in the fine print. I think as Christians, we should be authentic that the main ingredient in our life is love. That was Paul's prayer. I'm praying that you have a revelation in your inner man that you really are filled with God's love. Romans tells us that God shed his love abroad in our heart. Let's put it in 2013 terms. God downloads love into your heart. You guys know how to do downloads. You get your phone, you download an app. You download something off the computer. You do a download. You see the little bar going, you know? If you download an app, there's a little bar at the bottom, right? It goes, you know, it's 10% complete, 15% complete. And you download. Then it says, you know, there's a fresh download. Download the upgrade to the app. And so you want to do the downloads. Otherwise, things crash. God has a fresh download of love for you every day. Faith works by love. Your life is much better when you take trust in God's promises, mix it with love, and then, and then there is power that works within you so God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think But it does not work if we're not rooted and grounded in love, if that is not the main ingredient. No wonder Paul prayed this for that church. And we need to pray it for each other and for our church. There is no limit to this source of love that produces the power working in us. No limit to it. If you go back to that verse, verse 20, which we've memorized, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, According to what? The power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The power that we have working within us has a source. It's unlimited according to the power that works within us. It's not restricted. It's, there's unlimited power available. It can do a lot. It can do a lot. What is the mountain in your life today? Is it a relationship mountain? Is it a financial mountain? Is it an immigration mountain? Is it a, a mountain of study? What's the mountain? Whatever your mountain is, there's power available for you. I remember years ago... When we got our first calculator at our house, we ordered it from the Sears catalog, Simpson Sears catalog. On the back of the Sears catalog, there was a little computer. Uh, It was a calculator. And I remember the price because my dad debated a long time. took a lot of convincing for my dad to buy the calculator. It was $99. And that was quite a few years ago. And all it could do was multiply, divide, square roots, no other scientific functions. That was it. $99, $99, but it was a whole lot better than the slide rule, if some of you remember the slide rule. No, okay. As <laughs> so I got this calculator, but limited, very limited in its power. Then I remember uh, I went out to visit my friend in Nova Scotia, and Reg Peters had bought a Apple computer, Macintosh computer. He used it in his... Dairy. He was a graduate from university. They were studying cattle, and they were designing feed programs with his Apple computer. And he had a mouse, and it was going across the screen. And go, oh my goodness, the power behind this computer! And today, there's computers that can do just extreme calculations. Uh, they measure it now what it's called petaflops, where they can do one thousand million million calculations a second. That's the power there. And uh, that's equivalent to 10 billion people calculating day and night for 10 years. That's the power of computers today. But, folks, that pales in comparison to the power of an infinite God and his love that's on the inside of you according to the power that works within us. Romans chapter 8, in conclusion, it's there in your notes. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 where it says... Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Because that's usually when the enemy comes along and says, God doesn't love you. As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. We're going through stuff. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Period. The sentence doesn't end there. Who loved us? Your overwhelming victory is directly connected to your revelation of God's incredible love for you. And I am convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can't separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Nothing can separate you from His love. I have a fresh appreciation for this verse today. Yesterday, we had a busy day. We had prayer in the morning. We had a spiritual cleansing detox session. With lots of people came out to that. The afternoon, some other things to do, and... And I was preparing and studying for this message and getting things ready. And, and uh, one of our friends, uh, a member of our congregation here, was in the hospital and, uh, in Surrey. And so I went out to see him and uh, just really felt impressed. Go and visit with Wayne and pray for him, encourage him. And uh, so we did. We had a great time. We talked. We shared about uh, our we want to do a motorbike trip as a church family. The, later on this spring, we're talking about cars, stuff that guys talk about, and we, then we talked about the Word, we prayed. He was, had his devotional book there, and he was sitting up doing great, and he had had some heart pains earlier in the week, and they did an angiogram, and things were good, and they said it was a, a viral thing, and, and so I said, oh, let's pray, we, and we had a good time in prayer, and uh, felt God's presence so rich, then this morning I came to get some things ready, and just got a text that Wayne went home. You may even know him as a, as a part of our church, Janice and Julie. Julie serves on staff here. And I was just I was shocked. I was like, no. <laughs> really? And it just kind of caught me off guard. I really expected to see him in church this week. And I just thought again of the brevity of life. Folks, you're living in the dash. You know your birthday, but you don't know the other date. Right now, you're living in the dash. They'll put on your tombstone one day, the day you're born, the day you died. You don't know that day yet. God does. Right now, you're living in the dash. I've got good news for you. Nothing in life, nothing you've done, nothing you're going to do, nothing will ever separate you from God's love. Yeah. He's no longer with his family. Give God praise for it. Yeah. He's, he's no longer with his family, but the family knows that he's with God. We could talk more about it, but I just want you to know today that nothing will separate you from God's love. Let's pray as Paul did that we could comprehend, have this revelation of his unending love. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we pray that you would give every one of us, as Paul prayed, we pray by your Holy Spirit, reveal to our inner man the spirit in us. Give us a spiritual revelation. Refresh it, if we know it, of your great love for us. And while we're praying, heads bowed, you're here today and you're living in that dash and you have not yet received this gift of love. Love is only fulfilled when It's received. Have you received this gift of love? Have you just kind of dished it off because you think you're smarter than God and you got it figured out? God loves you. Maybe you're thinking, well, I probably need to quit some things or I probably need to do some things so I could earn His love. Like we mentioned, you don't earn His love. It's infinite. It's beyond your understanding. But today He's reaching out to you and just saying, I love you. If He forced it on you, it wouldn't be love. It's love because He gives you a choice to choose it. And today, you can make a choice to say, God, I accept your love. I receive what you've done for me. I, I want to love you back, honor you, and just accept it. i got a lot of questions, but I receive your love. I come into my heart. Let's pray this together. We'll all pray out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, this Sunday morning, I open up my heart. I receive your love, I receive your forgiveness, I accept what Jesus did when he died and rose again, that I could live. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.